0: The last two weeks we've been talking about uh, can we actually live a life free from regret? A regret-free life. If I were to ask all of us here and if I I just started point that should be fun Sometimes give us your biggest regret no I would but if I did that you could go back to relationships maybe you wish you never had businesses maybe you wish you'd never started investments you wish you'd never made contracts you wish you'd never signed cars you wish you'd never bought right maybe marriages you wish you never had maybe two marriages you wish you never had right we go back to all these different times of regret Business meetings, maybe we wish we were never in. Hotels, we wish we'd never stayed at. Things that got out of control, that we wish had never gotten out of control. How many people were rooting for those kids? Right, weren't you? Weren't you like going, oh, dude, don't, come on. And, and like, like when they take a little bit, you'd go, oh, I wonder if that's going to cancel out that. I wonder if they're going to really check it real close, you know. Right? Because what? We knew something they didn't know. We knew it was just for a short time and that the lady was really going to come back with another marshmallow. We knew it was going to be worth it. We all knew that. We knew, don't don't eat the marshmallow now. You're going to get two. Our Heavenly Father is rooting for us as well. And what He's done is He's given us in our Bible uh, a few things that He would like us to wait for. Because he knows there's something greater that's coming. And this morning, we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> Ta-da! Trapped. Bar the doors. No, don't let them re- leave. Right? Now, some of you are going to be really uncomfortable this morning. Okay? You're going to be like, Dude, can he even say sex as a pastor? Sex, 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 sex. There. I just broke all the rules. Yes, I can. And I intend to. Probably about 50 times, okay? So just start your little counters, okay? We've been talking about living regret free, and what we've been saying is that culture has a current. It has a flow. It has an agenda. Not the Republican Party, not the Democrat Party. Our culture, the United States, where we're going, has a flow. And what we've been talking about in the last few weeks is that if we just kick up our heels and put our hands behind our head, culture is going to carry us down a path that we might end up with regret. We've been talking about if we do finances the way culture says to do finances, we are going to end up in regret. If we do relationships the way culture says to do relationships, we're going to end up with regret. And we've been talking about how do we we avoid what the current of culture is going to drag us into? How do we avoid that? And the thing we've been talking about is we don't follow our... Excellent. That was great. All four of you have been listening, and I really... It just warms my heart. Thank you very much. Yes, we don't follow our heart because our heart, Jeremiah uh, 17, 9 says, is deceitful above all else. It's beyond cure. Who can know it? Who can understand it? And so it's our heart that gets us into these regrets, right? If you go back to a part of your life, maybe some whole chapters of your life that are filled with regret, you can probably trace it back to your heart. Oh, it has granite countertops. It's 0% financing. $3,500 cash back. Wow. He's so cute. He's searching for God. Right? All these different things that our heart has got us into. Again, as we talk about kind of sexual immorality this morning, some of you are going to be uncomfortable. Some of you are going to be convicted. Some of you are going to be like, oh, man, you know what? The Lord's been dealing with me on this for a while. And some of you are just going to be flat out ticked. You're going to say, you know what, dude? Mind your own business. Stay out of my bedroom. Okay? We hear that, right? But here's the problem. I would love to mind my own business. I honestly would. I would love to pick up my feet in this flow of culture and just kind of let it sweep me sexually wherever I desire, right? Because the idea with culture is that this flow of culture is going to lead to the pristine waters of sexual satisfaction. But you know and I know that this topic, if not handled well, leads to destruction. We've all seen it. We've all seen the marriages ruined. We've all seen the girl who's had every ounce of self-respect taken from her by various men. See, I would love to, I would love to not have the meetings in my office with couples who have gone through infidelity in the marriage. I'd love to do, I'd love to mind my own business. I'd love to not meet with the girls who and the boys who are just dealing with all this sexual baggage from relationship after relationship that they've now brought into a marriage and they're just sitting there going, I don't know what to do. It's just it's just not working. I'd love to do that. I would love to believe that America doesn't have a sexual addiction, but it does. It's in everything. I would love to mind my own business. But the problem is the current of culture isn't minding their own business. And every movie, video, uh, conversation, it seems like everything is so sexually driven. And you say, well, man, if that's the case, what do you do? Well, we have to address it. And again, for those of you who, I don't know where everybody is in their life right now, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but listen, if you could spend a week in my office... And see the destruction of the, cult, the, the, the current of culture. And see where it leads. That if we just allow set multiple partners, no problem. Oh, that's going to lead to what? Destruction. And you've heard, if you hear the stories that I hear and you see the lives that are destroyed. And the kids who don't know which weekend, they've lost track of which weekend they're going to spend with which parent. Because there was some infidelity in the marriage and the marriage was destroyed. Because of... A sexually immoral choice. What we've done is we've put up some walls here. We're going to call this wall uh, the sexually immoral wall. Ta-da! Okay? This is the one you know you're not supposed to cross, okay? If you're married, this is an affair. You, You look over the side. Ooh, scary, creepy. Okay, we don't want to draw over there. Utter destruction. We all agree on these walls, typically. Okay, and even if you're sexually active and you're like, I'm not buying your whole thing, you have a wall, right? Again, I'm, I apologize for being a pastor and talking about this, but you've got like a limit of partners that would all, oh, if it went too far, would be, well, that's just ridiculous, right? Everybody has their wall, and so what we want to do this morning is we want to understand Why, if we have the wall, if we understand that it's scary down there and that it could lead to destruction, why do so many marriages go through the wall? Why do so many people make these sexually immoral choices? Why is there addiction to pornography when the wall's there? And here's what we're going to find out this morning. Here's what you can write down in your outline if you want. Every sexually immoral choice is preceded... By several decisions that are not immoral, but unwise. Every immoral decision is preceded by a series of decisions that are unwise. And see, what we like to do as human beings is we like to go right up to the wall. Ooh. Remember, that you see the kid in the marshmallow test where he's like, nah, 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 with the Right? We like to live right here. Right? We, and we do this with everything. I don't know what time you have to be at work in the morning, but let's say 8 o'clock in the morning. You don't show up at, no, 6 o'clock in the morning just to make sure you're there on time. It's like 7.59, you're doing about 50 in the parking lot, you know, turn the wheel, spin in there, run in, clock in, yes, 8 o'clock. Made it. You know, you're weaving through traffic, you know, in the carpool lane when it's just you, and emergency lane, you got your flashers going, everything. You're driving, flipping people off. I'm going to get there at 8. Why? Because that's the wall. If you're on a diet, and it's a 1,200-calorie diet or 1,500-calorie diet, you ain't doing no 800 calories. You're going right, you've monitored those calories. It's 9 o'clock at night. You're about ready to go to bed. And you have five calories. You take a little, a little sunflower seed, because mm, you're you're gonna get. You've got five more calories, right? It's what we do. We take it right up to the edge. If you're a kid and you've got a curfew at eleven o'clock, ten o'clock, whatever. My kids, you know, it's it's five thirty in the evening. Have uh, you got a curfew? You're not showing up two hours early. You, technically, Dad, it was 10 because it started with a 10. That's what I thought you meant, be in the 10 area. I didn't know that there was, I, I didn't know 10 was the fit. That, oh, from now on, I will, I, now that I know. Thank, right? We take it right up. Everybody takes it right up. But here's the problem. There's something about sex that's a little different than every other boundary. Again, I told you guys you'd be uncomfortable. It's like, it's like crickets in here. Right? There's something about sex that's different than every other boundary. And it's something that we have to be very careful not to get too close to the edge on. I'll tell you a story. You've probably experienced this story, hopefully not personally, but at least you know. I'm sure you know somebody if it's based on the statistics. But it's a story that gets told over and over again in my office. Steve and Barbara... Steve's married, got two kids, been married for 10 years. Barbara's uh, a a somewhat attractive woman at his work. They've been working together for four or five years. And, uh, you know, they have a relationship. They're friends. They work at the same place. You know, you laugh about the same stuff. Everybody's got their little inside jokes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're talking at the water cooler. No big deal. Everybody can talk, right? I mean, I can talk to somebody. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing in the Bible that says I can't talk to somebody, I don't think anyway. I haven't found it. The pastor talks to people. Steve and Barbara can talk, so they're talking. They're friends. They kind of share things. Steve begins to share, you know, it wasn't that great of a weekend. You know, my wife and I kind of just have our differences, but you know, no big deal. He's just sharing his heart. You can share your heart with people, right? So they live they are in an office building, and around the office building are various restaurants, and so Steve goes to the did I say his name was Steve? Because i got to make sure I keep his name right throughout the whole story. When you change somebody's name, it gets a little confusing in your head. So... Uh, you know, Steve goes down to Panera Bread right there by his office, and he's in line. And he looks behind, and three people back is Barbara. And hey, Barbara, they work together. You can say hi to somebody at the store, right? Can't you? I haven't seen anything in the Bible that says you can't say hi to somebody. And so he gets his food, and he sits down. It's packed. He gets one of the tables. There's only one other table left, and it's right there next to Steve. And Barbara sits down because that's the only place you can sit down. You got to eat lunch, right? Everybody has to eat lunch. Nothing wrong with eating lunch. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Got to feed it, right? Nothing wrong. There she is. There he is. And all of a sudden she says, hey, you mind if I sit with you? Well, you're practically sitting next to him anyway. So she gets up and she sits down with him. There's nothing. They're just eating lunch. There's nothing wrong with eating lunch, right? And besides, that leaves a table up for someone else. And that's giving. And I'm sure that's in the Bible. You got to look out for other people. You can't just think about yourself all the time. That's in there somewhere. I know it. And so all she's doing, and they, you know what? They say grace before lunch. Well, that's in the Bible. Jesus blessed some stuff. I'm sure it was in there somewhere. Now it's a spirit. Now it's like church. It's like they're in church together practically, eating lunch. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, right? They go back to the office. They had a great lunch. Nothing happened. They took separate cars there, separate cars back. No big deal. They laugh. They joke about lunch. Has was great lunch, okay? Everybody's got to eat lunch. It's his friend. Everybody's got to have friends, right? Iron sharpens iron. It's in there in the Old Testament somewhere. You know where this is going, right? Because lunch turns into dinner. It turns into working late. It turns into him continuing to share about his relationship. And all of a sudden, they find themselves right here. And let me tell you, this is not where you want to be. Every immoral decision because Steve and Barbara aren't alone is being played out in office buildings all over the country, never intended to bust through this wall. But every immoral decision is preceded by many decisions that were unwise. If I came on Steve and Barbara at Panera Bread and said, what are you guys doing? Just having lunch? What's the big deal, dude? It seems extreme, doesn't it? It's like, why, I can't. what, I can't talk to? What, what's going on? I can't send these emails? Are there emails? What's the big deal? Everybody's got email. There's nothing in the Bible about email. <laughs> got it, <laughs> right? Every immoral decision is preceded by a series of decisions that were not immoral, but unwise that's why for the last two weeks we've been asking ourselves not what's the moral thing to do the legal thing to do the ethical thing to do what is the wise thing to do and so when we get to this thing about sex we look and we see well if god created sex because you know he did by the way i don't know if you understand that but for some reason today's culture thinks we have some like we're like progressive and contemporary and we know more than god knew but he's actually created it It was his design okay because sex is the path to intimacy which is the greatest of all human relationships intimate relationships is the best human relationship possible and sex is the pathway to that and so if God who created it and knows the context in which it's best and he's been this might freak you out watching it for several thousands of years you're like ooh, creepy Okay? Because he created it and he's been watching it and he's watched what the current of culture, what happens when you take it outside of its context and he's seen the destruction, the failed marriages, the, 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 the insecurities, this, this, uh, the inability to have any intimate relationship. He's seen all that. Do you think he has something to say about it? He does. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And here's what it says. It's a very important section of Scripture. Here's what it says. It's, oh, here, here's what I want you to do. Good. Don't put it up yet. On your outline, because this is very complicated. It's going to get very complicated. Sex is very complicated, okay? And so it, the rules are, they're, all, they're very gray and difficult to understand. So mark on your outline 1 through 42. There's 42 points I'm going to have this morning, on sex okay so just go ahead you can just do it while i'm talking one through 42 okay here it is first corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 flee from sexual immorality that's number one and you can just copy that down all through one through 42 it's all the same flee essentially what that means is run to safety in other words god's been watching for thousands of years and he says listen when you break through this wall it's destructive so run to safety the other not run the safety this way you know right run to safety the other way you say well gosh that's shouldn't that be every sin you know what it's really weird the bible puts sexual sin pornography, um, sex outside of marriage, all this kind of stuff in a different category. Watch, it goes on. It says this. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. There's a different thing that happens sexually. This is why pornography is so dangerous, because there's something that happens. This is why we have in in the world today 27 million sex slaves on our planet right now. Wake up. It's a powerful, powerful sin. And God is saying... All other sins are outside the body. All other sins, you know, when you lie or whatever, yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's all this stuff. But this carries with it something else. It's, a, it's like honey. It's like it gets on you and you just carry it from relationship to relationship with a search for intimacy. And you don't find it. Because God has designed a frame of reference for this to take place. Now for some of you, you're like, well, thanks. Too late for that. I kind of, I've blown it. Listen, We're talking about, from this day forward, living regret-free. Your past is irrelevant. That's why Paul says, hey, forgetting what lies behind, I reach forward to what lies ahead. Right? That's the great thing about the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Your past is over. I'm talking about moving forward. He says, all uh, other sins a man commits are outside the body, but he who sins sexually uh, sins against his own body. Okay, in, in Thessalonians, again, I'm not going to go... There's so, many, there's so many verses on sex in here, it's not even funny. But um, uh, not... Well, anyway, <laughs> sorry. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, verse 3. It is God's will. You want to know what, what what God's will is for your life? It's this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That means clean. That means pure. Okay, now listen. You should and that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen. That's just a biblical word for those who don't know God. We use it today like it's some weird word, but uh, like the, the heathen who, oh, who don't know God. See, there it is. It's right there, right after heathen. And that in this matter... Uh, No one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. That's verse seven, verse six. But here's verse seven. For God did not call us to be impure. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And and it, it operates within a certain framework that he's designed. And so he says, God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Holy just means set apart, okay? Therefore, he who rejects this instruction, listen, listen, listen does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. There's something with sexual sin that's different than every other sin. And the reason I'm so passionate on well, I guess passion isn't the word I should use. I'm I'm so, this is such a serious topic, is because I've seen the destruction. I see it every week with people addicted to pornography. I see it every week with failed marriages. I see it every week with people going, oh man, I wish I'd never, ever done that. And here's the thing, guys. That's why it's so important. There's not one person that I've spoken with who's busted through this, marriages, kids who haven't set any sexual boundaries. There's not been one person who's busted through this that didn't say to me, I would give anything to get it back. Not one. And there's not one person I've ever spoken with that says, you know what, looking back on their life with regret, I wish I hadn't set those boundaries. I wish I had sex with more people. You know, I really wish that I, I, that failed relationship, I wish I'd gone farther with that person. Nobody. Nobody looks back on their life when they've set up standards and gone, That was a mistake. But everybody, and I'm telling you, everybody that I've counseled, that my pastor friends have counseled, if you could take us all, put us in a room, we could tell story after story after heartbreaking story about people where this wall had fallen over, and they said, I wish with everything in me that I could get it back. And they can't. It cannot be undone. It's a sin against the body. And God knows that. And so you say, well, John, what am I supposed to do then? You know, I mean, it's scary stuff over there. It is scary stuff. But we get a kind of a clue from that first Thessalonians thing about being set apart. And if every immoral decision is preceded by a bunch of decisions that were unwise, maybe we should look at the unwise decisions and see if we should not put some more boundaries up instead of flirting with the wall, getting right up next to it, woo, right? Maybe we make some boundaries that go way over here. And you say, well, gosh, that sounds so hardcore. Listen, I've never, ever met anyone who set their boundary here that was disappointed that they did so. I meet people every single day that set their boundary over there. And this is what it means to be set apart. Yeah, so somebody's boundary might be the wall. Maybe everybody's boundary is there. But your boundary, when you think, well, gee, if every immoral decision is preceded by a series of un- decisions that are unwise, maybe I should start putting my boundaries at the unwise decisions. As bizarre as and extreme as they might sound. Why? To be set apart, to run, to flee from crashing through that wall. So here's how it would look. And you say, man, this is, you, you're kind of crazy about this. I, I wish, guys, I wish, I wish, I wish. For those of you right now who are flirting with another relationship, it's just friends, it's just all that, I wish you could hear the stories I hear. Where I would look at you and go, you're just being stupid. And you go, there's nothing wrong. We're just talking. I don't see anything in the Bible that says we shouldn't talk. Kids, if you don't have any, if, you've had, if you have no sexual experience whatsoever, you better set your boundary now. You better decide now how far you're going to go. Because if you don't decide now, someone will decide it for you. Let's turn off all cell phones. And No, I'm kidding. All right? Someone's going to decide for you. You've got to decide. Husbands, wives, here's your standard for how far you should talk with the opposite sex, what boundaries you should set up. You set up the same boundaries you'd want your husband to set up or your wife to set up to protect the marriage, to protect your kids from spending some weekends with him and some weekends with you. I, uh, I have bizarre boundaries in my life. Um, some would call them extreme. Some would call them, I don't know, old-fashioned kind of TV evangelist. Big. Well, actually, the, it's usually the TV evangelists that end up over there on the wall. So <laughs> maybe, may, actually, maybe my boundaries are a little better than theirs. I don't know. Okay, but but uh, I got I have weird boundaries. I, I have you know I won't drive in a car with a woman. I won't eat lunch or breakfast or dinner or even really a snack uh, with a woman. Um, I have this kind of little timer in my head. That's like a five-minute timer. Uh, That I just, when I'm talking to a female, like, all of a sudden, I'll just, okay, I'm done. Not my wife, because that would not go over very well. (laughs) Like, you know, and then I went shopping. Okay, time's up. I got to get out of here, right? Okay, no, not, okay, so so someone other than my wife, I got a little timer, okay? Okay. I have all these weird things, weird, bizarre things. I set my my standards extreme. Now you say, why do you do that? Are you so scared? Are you such a pervert that you're you're so scared that you're going to, you know? No, I've just seen it over and over and over again. The, The same thing out of everyone's mouth. I had no idea. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. It did not just happen. Every immoral decision. You're sitting on, you're sitting on your computer and you're looking at pornography. Oh, it was just one click away. Bull. That is bull. It's not just one click away. Not if you set up the right boundaries. It's not. Okay, now listen. I'm not talking about me, but I'm just saying, if I have to look at pornography on my screen, there's so much work involved. I mean, it's just, it would be, it would be It's just not even worth it to me. I got people, I got my logs of where I've gone gets forwarded to friends. I got all sorts of stuff on my computer. Why? Oh, because I'm super tempted with it? No, because I know, I've talked to people who are trapped in that sin. There's something that happens sexually that's bigger than just, I have a problem with lying. And here's the thing, guys. We all know it's true. Even if you don't believe in God, you be, let's just put the Bible down for a second and just think philosophically with me, okay? Okay? Just think of where the current of culture is going. Forget about I'm trying to convince you not to have sex, okay? Put all that aside, and let's just think of where this current of culture has gotten us so far, okay? You got literally hundreds of thousands of child pornography websites on the internet now this is what the sexual revolution has brought us this is 45 50 years of this current of culture getting its way now again i'm not talking about liberal conservative obama bush i could care less about all that i'm talking about where we're going and so you look at all this stuff now listen so if I were talking to somebody and I were saying, you know, hey, I'm a Christian. I believe sex should be between a man and a woman inside a marriage. Yeah, you know what? You're old-fashioned, well, whatever. I was kind of saying, fine, fine. But let's just take the other argument. Multiple partners, you know, as long as it's consensual and protected and there's no, then there's no consequences. Okay, we'll take that. Okay, fine, that's great. But then what happens when you get married? Oh, well, when you get married, it's, you know, that, then it's cheating. Why? If it's just sex if it's just between a man and a woman, if it's no big deal, why, when you get married, what's the big deal? Why not? Because, see, you know, and I know, and I don't even care if you're an atheist, you still know something different about sex. It's a different animal. It does damage when not treated correctly. All I'm telling you is that the Bible spells out the way to treat it correctly, where people are respected where people are protected. Children and, and emotions. There is a way to do it where it's very powerful and leads to, the, to, to intimacy. But we have to decide where we're going to set our boundary. So one, one time, I, 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 so I have, this, I have this crazy boundaries, all these different things, and one time I had a, um, so at my old job, we had this golf tournament we did a lot of business with this one trucking company and so we had this golf tournament and uh you know i did, i volunteered because that's the kind i work as under the lord you know and if someone from my company needs to go i usually volunteer for that uh, so i volunteered to play in the golf tournament right so uh you know hey i, said, I know i'm a giver i don't know it's <laughs> it's in here somewhere but uh so i volunteered and um and so I'm at this golf tournament, and I got my golf hat, and my golf shoes, and my golf shirt, and all this kind of stuff. I'm ready to go. I'm in the driver's seat, and this is fantastic. And it's written, you know, they put your little na- name on the thing. It's a ter- written House and Adams. I'm like, can't wait to meet Mr. Adams. This is awesome. This is fantastic. And, all, and, and so Miss Adams sits next to me in the golf cart, and so I'm like, oh, right, the ha! Ah! <laughs> right? I kind of freak out a little bit because that's what I do. And I am extremely uncomfortable. Why? Because the Bible says you're not supposed to sit next to a girl? No. Because the Bible says that, you know, if somebody's single and you're married, you should never make eye contact? No. No, there's nothing in the Bible that says I can't play around a golf with a whole bunch of other people in daylight with a female next to me. There's nothing wrong with that. But I had set a standard that because I was sitting on this side of the box, to get to that side, I had to go through my own standard to do it. So you know what I did? I played golf with her. Now, some of you went, oh, man, really? You did? Like Some of you, in your heart, you were like, I kind of wanted to hear the story about how you stood up and said, no, nah, I'm going to go play with Joe. Right? But see, that's the great thing about setting standards from running, from fleeing sexual immorality. When you break through a barrier, there's no consequences. So on the first hole, I don't even know if Lisa remembers this. On the first, we get done with I'm just like, oh, oh, gosh, oh, boy. I'm driving. Yeah, she's just like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm married. Yeah, no, but what do you do for a living? <laughs> That's what I do for my living. I'm married and with a wife, Lisa, she's awesome. I got a picture of her. want to see it, you know, and here are my kids. I love my children. I would never do anything to hurt them or to hurt my marriage, right? Right? You're like, dude, what is your problem? So first hole, I'm not kidding. I get on the first phone, I'm like, hey, baby, how you doing? I got my wife on the cell phone. Yeah, so I'm playing golf with a woman. I just wanted you to know, and I don't know. I just, oh, my gosh, I hate this. I don't know what to do, right? And you say, "Well, that's really bizarre. I, I broke through the barrier, and even you were sitting there going, God, I wish you hadn't broken through the barrier. But here's the thing. The barrier's so far back. I'm so far removed. I've, 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 I've ran so far that there's no consequences. And you go, well, you can't play golf? I wouldn't have that barrier. Great. So you're right here. And you go, wow, well, you know, what's the big deal? You know, so what? I, I I travel a lot and I have to go to these companies. And sometimes I go to lunch with a woman. Okay, fine. Fine. We'll go through those, and here we are. Now now you're pretty far away. That's great. Whatever. But when you go through, guess where you are? You're right here. And what the Spirit of God is saying to the writer, Paul, that he's writing to this church of Corinthians, run, flee, get out of there. Don't even play around in here. But there's a wall. There is no, run. Run to safety. And so what does that look like in our own lives? I don't know. But maybe you want to go back. Again, Again, there's... Everything I'm about to say is not in the Bible. You can tell me, dude, forget it. You're an old-fashioned weirdo. Get out of here. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm sure that was going through everybody's mind who ended up on the other side of that wall. But here's the thing. Check your Facebook friends. Do you really need them? Do you really need friends of the opposite sex on Facebook? Do you really need to email people? Another little thing I have going on with Lisa and I, and she doesn't even ask for any of this, okay? She, she's awesome, but... If I'm emailing back and forth with a female, at about the third email, I'll just blind copy Lisa. Just, hey, this is the conversation we've had. Why? Because I respect her. Because I so don't want to destroy what God, in the confines of what he's designed, has made so awesome, I don't want to destroy it. Personal trainers of the opposite sex, going dancing with your girlfriends, or, or I was about to say boyfriends, but... That'd be awkward. Going to clubs with your boyfriends, right? With your friends. Boyfriends. Sorry. Right? Just hanging out. Right? Conversations. Lunches. You've got to look and say, well, dude, what's the big deal? The big deal is you have to flee. Right? Right?